Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Deadlines in Hollywood podcast. My name is Amanda Nduka. And I am Dino Ray Ramos. And we have someone so spectacular. If you don't know her name, put her name in your mouth because she is it. Yes. Her name is Dominique Fish- Fishback from the movie Judas and the Black Messiah. Also, if you haven't seen that, what are you doing? <laughs> exactly. That movie, like, it pierced my soul. Like, mm. it literally, I keep, I honestly, I always say this, I've told this to, um, I've done a couple of interviews with Judas and Black Messiah uh, people, and I always say that for some reason, I'll just be randomly doing nothing or doing something, and in my head, I'm saying, I am a revolutionary. And I, I'm like, I, I, it's like literally randomly in my head, I just keep saying it. That movie really stuck with me. Yeah, and I think what Dominic brings, she plays Deborah Johnson, who is now known as Mama Akuya, mm-hmm. uh, 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 who was the partner, right? Like a, yep, a girlfriend of uh, 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 Chairman Fred Hampton. And what she does in this role, I, I'm gonna say, like, it, it's, just, it's just phenomenal. And yeah. you need to be paying more attention to Dominic. I mean, yeah. she's been yeah. on a lot, but this one I think is, is game changer. Right. Yeah. I know she's definitely, I mean, I remember um, like a couple of Sundances ago, I always say people, somebody came up to me, I think it was a publicist or something. And they were just like, have you heard of Dominique Fishback? And I was just like, no, like you need to keep her on your radar. And I have in everything that she's done. I mean, she was, she's been in, um, she was in Power Project um, with uh, Jamie Foxx and- Project Power. Uh, sorry, sorry. Power. <laughs> uh, with Jamie Lee Foxx. I mean, Jamie Lee Foxx. Who was Jamie, Jamie Lee? Lee? Jamie Lee Curtis Foxx. <laughs> no, Jamie Lee <laughs> Foxx and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. She's, she's, if you go back and look at all the roles, she's killed all the roles that she's done. Like she Yes. Has, like she was in The Deuce. She the Deuce. Oh, Random Acts of Flyness, which yeah. love, The Hate You Give. Uh, it, I think- night comes on yeah it's it's it's, she's just and she's just fun to talk to and and she taught us a lot about self-care and you know and kind of this energy this kind of positive spiritual energy she brings to the conversation I was just like I was was like okay I need to take care of myself and listen to myself I actually actually uh, got lavender uh, (laughs) shower bath wash (laughs) she could be it smells really good (laughs) you know what I mean, uh, she could be the next Ianla to save my life. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, guys, she's she's definitely a gem. One like she's 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 the voice of her generation. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen Judas and the Black Messiah, please go watch it. It's on yeah. on um uh, HBO Max, so you have no yes. school. You might not have excuses. <laughs> I don't know. Steal your friends. Steal your moms. Now, but yeah. yeah. But um, without further ado, here is Dominique. Hello, Dominique Fishback. Dominique the Fishback on the New Hollywood. Thank you for thank you for coming on the New Hollywood podcast. You're at oh, Deadline. Of course. Thank you for having me. Yes. Thank yeah. You. yeah. We're excited to have you. And me and Amanda are huge fans of Judas and the Black Messiah, which we will talk. We'll get into, of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. We're we're huge fans of you. Period. Like we've seen you in like so many the Deuce random acts of flyness. Oh yes, that show. Uh, Project Power, which we were just talking about. Like, girl, you are killing it, and we love to see it. Um, But so, like, we this on this podcast, we we like to like just uh, talk about everybody's journey because everybody has a unique journey to this business. So, for you, I I read that you knew you knew by ten years old that you wanted to be an actor. 
what what sparked that yeah actually i originally knew when i was eight years old because a theater company called tada came to my school when i was in second grade and they had little kids doing musical theater and i said oh i want to do that so i auditioned for that company three times from age eight to 10 and I never got in. Um, and when I was 10, my mom said, Don, you should, you know, you should try acting, you're so dramatic. I think you could really do it. And um, and um, I would stay up late watching I Love Lucy. It was like, mm. it was one at, like one o'clock in the morning at Comedy Central or something like that. And every time my mom, I would sleep in a bed with my mom and she would come, she would turn on and be like, you still up? <laughs> and I would be like, yeah, she, you're gonna, you're gonna suffer in the morning. And, um, <laughs> Eventually, she kicked me out of her bed. But <laughs> <laughs> I used to watch, uh, I actually used to watch um, that, and I used to watch uh, the Jamie Foxx show with my mom. Yeah. Uh, it, so she was really excited when I got Project Power. But I'm getting ahead of myself. So, yes, okay. um, yes, 10 years old. Um, I kind of knew, I, like, I would watch Sister, Sister, and I would take notes about how I would do it if I was mm. a character in the show, and just really just wide-eyed, not knowing how to get there, but just knowing that I had a, I had a dream. Mm. And and did you have like a performer that you sort of that you looked up to or that you you sort of aspired to model your career off of? Oh my god, I love Aaliyah. Aaliyah was everything to me. I oh. if you had anybody like I still have a jacket from when I got when I was like twelve years old, and I can still fit. It's a jean jacket. It has my name on top. It has her face on the back. My jacket oh. on Christmas, and I still have that. I'm like, look, I still have that jacket, and um, I, I just loved. Uh, even though she's doing music and she was going into acting and she was so mm -hmm. natural at it and Romeo Must Die. And I just remember being like, wow, she kind of has my complexion. She's she's thin, you know, she's athletic. So she likes to wear crop tops, but has a baggy swag. And I feel like that's me. I was climbing fences with the boys. I was playing football. I'm a great quarterback. I was playing, <laughs> I was playing basketball. I was doing a lot of like athletic things and I still thought, well, maybe there's a femininity inside of me. I just didn't know how to find it. And I just thought Aaliyah was everything that I, that I wanted to be. Oh and, my then, God. and then like, the anniversary of her, of her passing, August 25th, um, 2018, I was in LA doing my first chemistry test ever. And it was with Jamie Foxx. And I just remember mm. feeling like, Aaliyah, you got me, girl. Oh, <laughs> yes. I, Aaliyah is like, ugh. I love, love, love said, her. When you said that, the whole like, because I, I remember feeling very tomboyish and feeling like I wasn't feminine. And I, I honestly looked up to Lee and I was like, I wanted to be her because she, she had, she embodied to me both of it. And I'm, and I was like, I, that, that's something that I really admired. And it really made me, really made me confident more in like my tomboy because I played sports. I did all that. So I never used to tell people I played sports because I was always embarrassed because it was like, you know, not a girly thing to do. But like, honestly, I, I looked at Ali and it made me embrace it, and I love and I loved being that sports that sports girl. Yeah. And oh even, my god. Yeah. And even like along the lines of her her music, like the the hard like beats that she would do with her soft voice, and I just I actually put something on my Instagram because ever since well, ever since I was younger doing spoken word poetry, people be like, "Oh, do you rap?" And I'm like, "No, I don't rap." And then I did Project Power, and everybody was like, "Where's your rap? Where's your rap?" So <laughs> finally, I just made my own version of um, Song Cry. But I'm playing piano and I'm doing spoken word, so it's kind of opposite. Like she had the hard beat with the soft, with the soft voice, and now I'm just playing like you know a soft little piano with the with the spoken word and kind of trying to find my way, like all of my artistry, you know. 
Yeah. Wait, wait, what's your favorite Aaliyah song? I mean, I know there's probably many, but what? what... Okay. Uh, well, <laughs> when I was younger, I definitely used to write notes to the little boys I liked. So I would think about four page letter. <laughs> but I love I Don't Want to Be Without You. I love that song so much. Oh, uh, God. Uh, now I want to just listen to Aaliyah for the rest of the day. Uh, can I come over? <laughs> can I come over? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No. I'm. You're, okay. I'm gonna listen to after after we're done with this. I'm definitely turning on my Aaliyah. Um, <laughs> and okay. So I want to ask you. So when when you were first sort of getting your feet wet in this in the in the business, what first of all, what were your expectations going in? And then when you when you started started working in this business, how did you how did you? Because we all we know you know we all know. Hollywood has has issues, especially when it comes to black. <laughs> so, how did you sort of manage those those expectations, and especially at those times where you know? Yeah, you know, um, I kind of, to be honest, I mean, I went to Pace University, and I a lot of times I was the only black person in my class, and so, um, and I started, I I would leave in high school, I would leave my high school in Brownsville, Brooklyn, at fifteen, and go to Manhattan to NYU to like be in this acting program called MCC Youth Company. So I was getting a different dynamic all the time and really learning how to um, operate in a world a bit differently. I was in another theater program um, like and learning how people kind of take up space in theater too, because it's, it's like, you know, contracts and all of these things that I had to kind of fight at an age that I didn't even know what I was doing, but I just had to go based off of an instinct. Um, mm-hmm. But I always, I always kind of, when I was 12, I used to say, God wouldn't make me this way if it wasn't supposed to happen. I know I'm be a successful actress. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I never really sold myself short in terms of what I could do with roles. I always felt like I had a whole world inside of me and I just wanted the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, but navigating the industry, I, I got, I mean, my first, my first big TV thing was David Simon was Show Me a Hero. Yeah. And um, they really wanted to protect me and they really respected my voice. And so I kind of got spoiled thinking like, that's how, oh, this is how it is, you know? And uh, then I did the deuce right after that with them. Um, it was one one TV show that I did, like an episode on a scene or whatever. It was like my very, very first thing, I think. And the AD was not very nice. And mm-hmm. I, was, I had come from theater and I was like, I always wanted to do this, but what if this is how it is and I don't, I don't think I want to do this. And I got mm. kind of sad, but immediately I had done the affair with Dominic West and he was so kind. Mm. And I also, yeah. okay, so this is not the industry, it's just certain sets and, and days. Cause that person could have just had a day. It didn't have to be representative of who he is or, mm. or was or whatever. But I was saying, okay, that's maybe that's not the case. So I, I kind of started taking project by like pro- taking it project by project. Mm. Um, mm. But yeah. Uh, I, I definitely had a hard time because, you know, uh, I'm from I'm from Brooklyn. I'm from East New York. And so when I when I feel like somebody's trying to take advantage of me, I'm like, you know, I, I kind of like, you can't do that. Even as a, as a kid, you, you got to square up. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> you can't do that to me. And then I, and then and then as I started getting older, um, I started being like, well, I don't want to seem ungrateful. So then I stopped mm-hmm. saying stuff as much and then but didn't feel good about it. And all like. Yeah. Really how, to how do you sort of find that balance? Like, how do you find that? Because I, I, I think a lot of a lot of people struggle with like, you should be grateful, or should we be grateful, or and and so, so when when do you be grateful, and then when do you stick up for yourself? And, yeah, because I think a lot with like people of color or people in the margins, we have this thing in our head where we're like, oh, we should just be happy we have a seat at the table, 
And that kind of thinking kind of fucks you up in this weird way, you know? For sure. Yeah. You know, uh, I gotta say, like I, like I said, I started with this MCC youth company and in order to act, you had to write your own stuff. So at mm. a young age that my voice mattered and they mm. gave me enough respect that if a piece, a monologue that I wrote was too long, they would say, Dom, you, you gotta cut it, but you know what you wanna keep. So they never chopped it up and said, here, do this. It was like, you know, it's too long. So you take it and, and do what you will with it. But we, you know, like the direction. So um, it allowed me to know that my voice mattered, that um, I, I had something to say. And no matter where I come from or what age I am, I have, you know, relevance. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I kind of kept that. I think in navigating this business, it would be like, I would talk to my friends like, am I crazy? Mm. Did I come up like this? I would even have friends read an email like, hey, mm. does that sound? And mm-hmm. I think that, that was based off of conditioning from other other experiences that made me feel like me speaking up for myself was wrong. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. I know now that it's not, but I do a lot of meditation now and a lot of journaling to find out what I actually really care about. Instead of responding immediately, let me pause, let me meditate on that real quick, and then and then try to to operate. But it it took mm-hmm. it actually took being a part of Judas and the Black Messiah to um to understand myself differently, to watch my castmates, watch people like Daniel kind of take up space. And he all, he's always suggesting a book and I'm always reading it and, and getting another gem. And I'm like, oh yeah, I can take that with me as I, as I move along. Oh my God, that energy. I, I'm loving your energy about you kind of just navigating the space. It's, it's, it, it's, it's such a interesting industry to say the least. <laughs> um, but you know- of, um, Books like, um, uh, the dyna- the dynamic laws of prosperity by mm. Catherine Honda, the secret, the artist way. I really try to tap into the idea of having control over my own emotions and my own thoughts. Mm. And it's like mm. half the battle, right? Like yeah, yeah. Like I could go into the same situation if I'm having a bad day and I and I don't meditate and I just let everything hit me. It's gonna it's gonna feel like the whole world coming down. But if, I, mm. if I take control and say okay, it's not personal. Right. Mm-hmm. They suggested The Four Agreements. Mm-hmm. That book to me. And um, I read it and I was like, oh, it's not personal. Yeah. And I've been able to separate those things. Yeah, it's like, I'm glad you mentioned meditation. It's so funny. There, I just discovered this thing on Disney Plus called Zenimation. I don't know if it, if, if, if it was weird because it's just, they, they, they stitch together pieces from various Disney movies, no, no dialogue. And it's just kind of like an ASMR thing. And it's so calming and so Zen. Like there's like this whole water thing where they just like kind of show scenes from Little Mermaid and Lion King and Moana. Oh, okay. And it, it's, yeah, it's called Zenimation. I, oh my I, God. It, it, oh, that's cool. Yeah. The title is pretty cool. Right. Yes. Yeah. So I was listening to it and I was all, this is calming. So everyone look at that but but yeah Dominique you've been on the deuce right you know all these amazing shows and Judas and the Black Messiah but what is your process when it comes to selecting roles or you know just you know finding a balance of what you want and kind of what is there I mean I know that sounds kind of weird because you know we're all a lot of actors just kind of just try to get a role that you know, they can get. But yeah, but what is your process when it comes to selecting roles? Well, faith, right? Like, mm-hmm. cause that's really what I had from the 
from the beginning because even early on in my career I would still say I would still pass on things like, mm. like I, I I never had like I never felt desperate to like well, I'm not gonna say never, but a lot of the times that it, I would try not to be desperate for something if it didn't feel like it aligned in some kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of picking, I try to, am I leaning forward? Is there something in my spirit that, that wants me to do it? Mm-hmm. Um, can I defend, can I defend that my choices to myself mm-hmm. and trying um, to remember that when I, when I first started wanting to act, it was just because I wanted to take on many different genres and roles. So trying not to get caught in just drama or you just, you know, like just really trying to say, okay, why do I want to do this? I want to do this because of this, because of this, because of this. Mm-hmm. And nice. meditating and praying and, and really listening to my body because if I read a script and I'm like this, then I know that there's something involved. If I'm more like this, then mm. maybe it's not. And I have to do a little bit more of a deep dive into why and who's who's directing it, who's writing it um i got really spoiled like even working with jordana spiro on um night comes on mm-hmm. uh, it's very collaborative and and even if there was times where maybe I, I didn't agree with something i always felt safe with her and safe in the the conversations that we were able to to have so i think a lot of times we're auditioning for people and for roles but if we start thinking like they're also auditioning for us. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. If we can't, if we don't vibe, if we don't, if we don't approach things in at least a similar, a similar way where we communicate level-headedly and try to get the best part for the character, then then that's not gonna work either. And Shaka is like the ultimate collaborator, Shaka King uh-huh. for Black Messiah, yeah. because. He said, you couldn't, he, I, I said, you know, I have some thoughts, but I don't want to overstep. And he said, oh, you'd be playing her. You can't overstep. Mm. Yeah. And, and he called them notes. And I was like, oh, okay. So now <laughs> I'm writing a three-page essay. like, okay, so, or, or me and the other Dominique Thorne who plays Judy Harmon in the movie, we're like in a hotel room, like, you think we should, you think Shaka think about this? You think we should call him? Uh, hey, Shaka, you on, you on, um, you on speak, um, speaker with me and Tom? You know, and just really being like, we thinking about this. And anytime there was something like, if he if it if he didn't agree with it or if it didn't kind of align, he would say, I don't think that's it, but here's why. Mm-hmm. And I always talk about the here's why because he gave respect to us as artists and as people that we were able to say, okay, and now we want to have his back. So now we'd be like, Shaka, we only saying because we got your back. Like now it's a, it's we all want to succeed together because mm-hmm. we heard and and appreciated for though for what we brought to these characters that he is he essentially cast us in now we're the sole advocate for these for these people yeah yeah well yeah let's talk about judas and the black messiah i mean first off you know i want to see more from shaka king he is a talent like for real and everyone the whole cast i i, I was just like floored and when i was watching it i was just like the thing that immediately stood out to me is like oh why did we not learn about this in high school you know, yeah. and I'm like, oh, I'm so glad this story is being told. But with, with, with you, what did you know about the story of Chairman Fred Hampton and William O'Neill? Were you familiar with it beforehand? Uh, I was a little bit familiar, but I think we had we kind of didn't learn about that because they because the government was going to have to take responsibility for the fact that this was an actual hit. You mm. know, a, a clear assassination from the FBI and the Chicago police. Like, there's no questions. Like other 
um, leaders, you can say, was with them, or, you know, even though we kind of know, <laughs> but like with him is is very straightforward. And he was 21 years old and they assassinated him because he was trying to unify oppressed people of all races and backgrounds. So mm -hmm. when, so really to like step behind that and say, yeah, we did this, how, like, how can they say that? Yeah. So of course they had to bury it uh, really deep. And I only learned about Chairman Fred when I was in college, when I was in the, the Black Student Union and I heard his speech. And um, and I, I learned about Mama Kua, formerly known as Deborah Johnson, shielding his body at nine months pregnant. And mm -hmm. I, was, uh, I was floored and I remember watching her uh, Democracy Now! video talking about the event, but um, I didn't really get into it because at that time I was writing Subverted, which was my one woman show. Mm -hmm. And I was, uh, I think my world, I had a bit of culture shock, I think my world was being turned upside down because I left high school in Brownsville as valedictorian, but when I got to Pace, I was admitted in a program for extra attention for the unit from the university, like not even average. Wow. Why, wow. Why, how could that be? Yeah. And I started learning about the discrepancies that we faced in food and like, you know, and, and the, just the things that we had around us. And so I'm writing about this now, like, and then a lot of times I'm the only black person in my class, classes at Pace University, and I'm hearing people say uh, things that they can't even possibly know. I have to go on a train and do poetry for money to stay in school, even though I was valedictorian. Mm. Not because of my grades that I can't, I can't stay in school. Like this is, you know, like I'm, so now I'm writing about the, the stuff that we're facing. Meanwhile, Tim and Fred's story is right there. Yeah. And I learned, I watched the Black Power mixtape. Mm. And I learned about Stokely Carmichael and Angela Davis and Asada Shakur. And I really had not learned about these people and I was really upset by this. And that's why I'm thankful for Judas and the Black Messiah because it is, it's a tool. It's just a tool. Like I don't want, I don't think people, we don't hope that people look at it and say, oh, this is the facts and this is everything that happened. It's just, um, hopefully it sparks the mind so yeah. you can continue to do our own research and learn for ourselves. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was, I, I was like, everybody needs to see this because I mean, I, I was one of the people, I didn't know, I knew of Chairman Fred Hampton. I, you know, I knew the, the, you know, the story, but I didn't know all the little nuances. I didn't even, I didn't really even know about uh, O'Neill's uh, involvement. So yeah. just, just to see, just to see that and sort of even like see these two different men who are seeing this way of the way of being, this way of being a black man, like they all have their, they both have their own definitions of what it is, what it means to be a black man in America, just seeing how they both go about it. It is so important for people to, to watch and to understand it, uh, the black experience. Um, um, but I want to ask you, because obviously you, um, you play uh, Deborah Johnson, who uh, Mama Akuya, as you were mentioning, she now goes by Mama Akuya. Um, what, what did you, I mean, what did what did what did you what did what did you do to prepare for this role? Because it just seems very demanding and very intense. And I know you got to meet with uh, Mama Akuya and you got to talk to her. So can you just talk about what you did to prepare for this? Mm -hmm. uh, it feels like one of those things where where you think like what I think I was meant to do it. I think the trajectory in my in my life experiences that I've had allowed me to know what gunshots sound like. You know, it's just things that, that I've experienced that I said, why do I have to learn that? I don't wanna, you know? And then now it's stored in me to recall for a story 
a story like this. Mm -hmm. And then there's the fact that I was reading A Taste of Power by Elaine Brown, who was a Panther in the Oakland chapter, um, uh, because I was trying to write my own Romeo and Juliet Black Panther Party S uh, anthology series. And then I had an email, yes. (laughs) yeah and and, um and so i get an email saying that shaka wrote this this role and daniel and the keeper attached and everybody and i'm like wow manifestation like i'm Mm. manifesting this thing and then um met with shaka asked him if the family was involved we were working on getting the family involved read the script let me know your thoughts and then all of a sudden I'm writing a poem for the movie. And that is like, so I have to tap into that motherhood instinct that I don't, that I don't have yet, or is somewhere in me. I don't know it in the physical right now, but somewhere inside I do. And so I had to lend my voice and my own imaginations to the story. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then it, it's so interesting because I didn't know that Chairman Fred would listen to Malcolm X and, and Martin's speeches in the morning. And apparently during his prep, Danny was doing the same. And mm. it happened that around April 2019, I started doing that. And I and mm. I didn't read it anywhere. I would just wake up and all of a sudden I'm listening to Malcolm every morning. And I'm mm. like, wow, wow. The, the way that he speaks is, you know, these these interviewers are, are saying the most ludicrous things and trying to put words in his mouth, but he doesn't get he doesn't get flustered or frustrated. He remembers what they what they say and he corrects it and um i said oh, i want to be like that so mm-hmm. I'm listening to these to these uh these these videos on title these um speeches and i'm meeting with shaka along the year that we're getting ready to prepare to um and he's telling me what he's reading i'm telling him what i read i read the assassination of fred hampton um, they had Mama Kua had a book is out of print, but they they copied it for me and sent it my way. Um, and then a lot of it was journaling, though. A lot of it was journaling and really trying to build up the emotional world. Um, watching Dane take up space. Chairman Fred Hampton had dimples. Dane had dimples. I'm writing poems about all of these things. Their first kiss, first time they meet. A lot of Nina Simone. I put songs to every theme that I have. And a lot of it just had, I didn't want to go past 1969 in terms of songs. Um, but a lot of Nia Simone would do what you got to do. That's like a woman. Yeah. Um, do I move you? Do I move you was a song that I, that I put for the, we call it the Malcolm scene when they first kind of get together a little bit. Um, yeah. So I just used those songs and really journaled about every, every mm. instant. Yeah. And that way, just for the hope that even if we don't see it or hear it out loud, that when she looks at him, you'll know that there's a whole world um, behind her eyes for him and for that. Mm. Well, you know, I just want to say there is one scene. I mean, can we talk about it? Spoiler alert? I don't know. It's out. So if you're listening and you haven't watched it, that's your fault. But <laughs> that there's just one scene that I just started bawling. It's the scene in the bedroom where you're in you're in frame and we see the background and we hear gunshots. Yeah. And then we hear that scene said I was just like, I can't. I, I it was just so uh but and you know cool, Mama cool. Like she didn't really she really allowed me to have free reign over the character. Um mm-hmm. she only said that she did not cry. 
And I was like, that oh that's dope. Oh my I mean, god, but chills. Oh my god, chills. Uh, also, I just drank a bunch of coffee. Uh, but <laughs> um, but you know, obviously this this movie couldn't come at a better time. You know, we've heard that so much. You know, and we're seeing so many. You know, these these narratives come out. But and it's like we mentioned, it's it's a history that has been buried. But how do you hope this story changes? You know, the landscape of social impact, Black lives, institutional racism, activism. And how do you think, you know, obviously Black people and a lot of people in co of color and people in the margins are going to be very much, you know, drawn to this movie. But what do you hope, you know, let's just face it, what white people get from this? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I kind of separate my hopes from what white like white people get from it, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I I'm more so happy that the the family feels honored, um, yeah. and that the black youth get to see that we've always had heroes. Mm -hmm. We don't really get to we don't really get to see that we've been taught something different. And the fact that you know the Panthers were extremely young; they were 19, 20, 21, um, and so I, I, I love the quiet moments that I get to share with Daniel in the film because it allows for us to see a different side. Because sometimes when we see our heroes or we see them on podiums, they, they seem larger than life as they, as they are, but they're still human. Mm -hmm. And um, if we get to tap into the human parts of them, then we see that, oh, we can really make a difference. Mm -hmm. We can really make a difference. And Chairman Fred Jr. says people's political paws are, are open now. And um, and I think that that's that's uh, that's a great a great place to be. Great place to be. And I think if anything, it, it it's 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 a it's a devastating story, obviously, but it's also a story of hope. And I think also there it fuels inspiration and lights a fire in people's belly. It's a story of it's a story of love, and I don't even mean just on a romantic. Mm -mm. It's like for the love of the people, yeah, for the love of your community, for the love of yourself. Um, and I, I and I loved how the movie kind of just touched on the Rainbow Coalition and and just kind of, you know, it, especially now there there is a divisiveness sometimes. You know, you know, I, I keep on talking about this in the past couple of days, but about you know the violence against Asian Americans and then like the Asian American community and Asians' relationship with the Black community and how divisive yeah. that has been in the past, and. It, to hear people infighting and then people were like oh well that's kind of what the dominant system wants they want us to take each other down mm -hmm. so it's like to see the the rainbow coalition covered and just to see this movie was just like it gives me chills and it gives me yeah. hope and it, you know it's important. I, I, it's important these things are important you know yeah, because last i mean last year when everybody was marching and we saw so many people from different backgrounds come out in, in like across the world. Mm. I remember seeing, um, I have a friend who's uh, from Syria and um, you know, they have the, the war, the Syrian war has been going on for mm -hmm. too long and too long, yeah. uh, been extremely devastating. And still in the rubble, they painted George Floyd's face mm. and he said, I can't breathe yeah. and he said, Black Lives Matter. Yeah. And mm. it moved me deeply because we are all connected. Yeah. And that's what, what Chairman Fred said. If, if, if one of us are, is oppressed, we're kind of 
We're all, we're all. There you go. Yeah. Just uniting people under that umbrella was really profound. It was so ahead of his time. He was 21 years old. Mm -hmm. And um, I can only imagine what he could have, would have done or what he would have been thinking now. He's like mm. light years ahead of us, right? <laughs> like, he was. And right. he also was like, when, when I was 21, I was a damn fool. I was just like, I wasn't doing anything. I was, uh, but you know, it, 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 he just kind of makes you want to be a better person and better your community. And yeah. I, I, I like that. You know what else I wonder? I wonder what he would think about all this awards recognition. Because you know, he was like anti, <laughs> anti-capitalist. <laughs> anti like, <laughs> no, I what would he think of, us, of, of this now? <laughs> I have no, I can't even pretend to know. Yeah. I, just think, I just like, um, today I was doing some like UK press and and it was just profound how this one woman introduced the story. And I said, wow, it's taken over 50 years for people to know, to really know Chairman Fred. And I'm in, in a small way where helping to honor him and remember him. It's been a long yeah. time coming and he deserves, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah. <laughs> it's nice to to hear people saying his name to hear people from my community saying his name uh i'm I, yeah i'm just i'm happy, I'm happy. yeah so i have to say it's been great seeing watching your career i remember when you came um to our studio and said dance for night comes on and i remember people telling me you need to watch this girl you need to watch this girl so of course i did and you've been killing it everything that you've been in has has gained some some type of acclaim um, it is. It has just been wonderful seeing seeing your you go through your career, and we have. I have to say that other people are noticing too. Um, we just had Regina King on yesterday, and she gave you the biggest shout out. She was just like, I, I don't. I, I wish I remembered the exact words that she used. I don't know if Dino, if Dino, if you remember, but uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, she she was just lauding you, so, yeah. Um, but, yeah. She was like, I want to work with her, like, tell her when you say, like, I really would. Oh, wait, oh, wait. Oh, shoot. Wait, David, can you play it? Oh, you're on mute. My heart is like. <laughs> wait, can we hear it? I love Judas and the Black Messiah. Yes. Yes, guess who's on our podcast tomorrow? <laughs> we're, we're having. Dominique. 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 Oh, yes, love her. <laughs> she was, it's so funny. I watch things now and I go, okay, I have to figure out how to work with that person. So She's can great. you tell her for me? <laughs> yes. She is simply awesome. I cannot wait to meet her one day mm. and I cannot wait to work with her. Yeah. Oh my God. We're, look at us connecting people. <laughs> <laughs> oh <my> yes. <laughs> no. Wow. Yes, so girl, we are watching and we are loving yes. everything that you're doing. So, so, so can we expect with that Regina's going to be calling Regina's going to be calling. But well, well, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that with me because yeah. um, it's been it's actually been hard to um I, I I never really allowed myself to let things seep in. I always like on to next, on to the next, and for the first mm. time in my life, I feel like I'm allowing myself to to be present in the moments and to say we have one life to live. And I'm I, so I, I I appreciate you guys sharing that with me. It really does mean a lot to me. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank yeah. you. Of course. I mean, like, we're in this business where we're always, it's always on to the next one, right? It's just like, <laughs> we always move forward. And yeah. And so like, 
we love kind of when guests champion each other. And, yeah, yeah. And Regina was like over the moon for the movie, for you, for Shaka, for, for everyone. So yeah. we're, 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 we're just yeah. me and Amanda just like to connect <laughs> people yeah, and make dreams glad. come true. <laughs> so, love that. Thank you so much for sharing that with me, wow. Of course. Oh, so, so what's next for you? What can you, what can you share? Well, uh, so I've been endlessly trying to get something to happen with Subverted with my one woman show. Mm-hmm. Although it's a theater piece, you know, where we're trying to navigate the new world in terms of like how we put things out. And I have a very special person that you guys will be happy about, I think, that wants to help me with it. So we're just- um, hey. right now, so Is I'm- it Regina King? <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Oh, no, I, I want to see it. I'm so excited. Yes. Okay. So is there something that you haven't done yet with in your career that you're just like, you need your itching to do? Yeah. Originally, I would have said romance, like a romantic drama. But now, even though that wasn't the whole movie, the romance, I really felt like I got a, a, a real great take. I mean, it's it's the real life, true love. Yeah, right. And I, I get to get to inhabit that love for a little while and I get to hear Mama Akua say that it, it brought her back or whatever it is that she felt then I felt like, okay maybe I before I was like get me a romance banging down doors and I'm like okay we're gonna do the romance right now maybe I could um so really I mean I got to do Project Power which was a little bit more action but definitely want to show some more of my athletic skills and um do some comedy I like I said I, I love I love Lucy and new girl i was saying i, I feel like i'm the jessica day of the hood you know <laughs> <laughs> you're so, for a new girl a new I girl love, moment yeah i love new girl so i'm just like where can i find that kind of character for me where i could make sure that i'm always having a good time that i'm playing that i don't have to take everything so serious yeah. I, just, I want to have a good time i really do have, have they said anything about a project power uh sequel no, I haven't. Heard, I haven't heard anything. About okay. That. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you have to ask. This is deadline. <laughs> I, I haven't heard about that. Okay. But I, I do also like. I don't know if you guys read *Children of Blood and Bone*. Yes. That, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Are you in that movie? Huh? Are you in that movie? Oh, I mean, you can speak it for me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, well, you know what, Tony? We well, make things happen here. You guys make chili. Chili make great things happen. in that movie. Yes, yes, yes. Let's let, let's make that happen, universe. Hopefully, that project is still going. I know it used to be at Fox, and mm-hmm. I don't. I, I, I feel like what's happening with all the Fox movies. <laughs> we yeah. It probably will still happen, but yeah, just yeah. under the Disney umbrella kind of yeah. ordeal. I don't Hopefully. know. Who knows? I just go along with it. <laughs> So we, we like to sort of end the interview with this segment we call the facts or the FAQ, just, just sort of fun questions to end on. So the first question is, you mentioned this, you sort of talked about this already, but what are you doing uh, for self-care these days? You said oh, you- I, do, I do divine feminine baths. I call them divine feminine baths where I, I love lavender bubbles and candles and uh, I have a, a playlist that I listen to and just, uh, yeah, just try to uh, show myself a little love i'm gonna do that i want to do more yeah lavender is so like it's calming i I have the oil diffuser which is also lavender i od with lavender and then my little sister sister is 15 and um during quarantine at first i was staying at my mom's house because they were like the world shutting down i was like i'm going 
I'm going to get my mama. Right? <laughs> and, um, and then I turned, uh, I, I, was, I was using uh, one of the extra rooms or whatever, and I turned it into like a little spa thing, and I had the oil diffuser happening. And then my little sister's like, I don't like, she don't like, la- my mom <laughs> like lavender. I was like, what is wrong with them? Why do you like lavender in food? Like when people like tinge it with food. I mean, there there've been like lavender desserts and stuff. And I, I don't, I don't think I like like there's rose water stuff. I don't, I don't like floral desserts. I haven't tasted lavender. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird. I love mango gelato though. Mango. Oh, mango! I'm I'm down for. I'm Filipino, so I I, mangoes (laughs) are life. Um, So okay, here here's a hypothetical. You're stranded on a a deserted island. You live in a nice state-of-the-art house. You live in it on the beach and it's lovely, but you're only allowed one type of food and one movie for an, as a form of entertainment. What are they? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> what type of food? I'm gonna have to get a veggie burger as a prize. Okay. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I always like need, I always find that I need a little substance. So I, when I bite into a burger, I feel like, but I'm a pescatarian, so I don't. Oh, so am I. I love me a veggie burger. <laughs> but I don't like Beyond or Impossible Burger. Like, please don't ever give me any. I get nervous when I order them and they bring it and I'm all, is this real? Like, I can't tell. Oh, that's yeah. the point, right? Isn't that the um, point? Yeah. <laughs> the movie, well, I, the first one that came to mind was The Notebook, but. Okay. I love, oh my god, I love the notebook. And classic, he's yeah. Get out of my feet, and she's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love that kind of stuff. Um, but it has to be a movie. It can't be a, a TV show. No, it is because like a TV show, you could watch the you whole series. <laughs> 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 no, um, okay, I'm gonna cheat. Um, I'm gonna put Friday. Mm. Okay, that's a good one. Regina. Regina King, yes. <laughs> Friday, I love Friday. I know all the words. You don't want. We don't want to watch that with me, but. It'll it'll give me it'll give me nostalgia for for home. It'll make me feel like you know I I always loved that movie because I felt it was it was um so realistic that it was happening in like a one block radius and you could walk down the street and meet a character and that's how it was growing up. You would meet somebody else and yeah. just in and out and say something funny, give you a funny story and keep it moving. So it will remind me of home. It'll be super funny and I I, I love that movie so much. Yeah. Okay. A studio gives you a massive budget to write, direct, produce, and star in a film about an icon of your choice. Who would it be? It's gonna have to be Asada Shakur. Ooh. I mean, I'm, I'm like, I'm nervous. I'm like, do I live in the do I live in the seventies or something? Because I hear smile. Oh like, my god, you're right. You are. Yeah, you're drawn to the. Yeah. Maybe in a former life, you were. You were in the 70s. I would have to try to get in contact with her first to make sure, you know what I'm saying, that she would want something like that. But I think I think that would be it. Mm. That's good. Oh, that's that's a good one though. Uh well, well since we'll we'll just go along with the Regina King celebration. What is your, you know, you mentioned, you know, uh, uh, you know, other projects by her, but what is your favorite movie by her? or of her, or even series, let's say even like, or performance, let's I say mean, performance. I mean, I thought she was, I thought she was amazing and Watchmen, you know? I think everybody thought that, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> we, when we were talking, it's just like, what she can do is yeah. just Horrific. out of control. Or even just, just thinking about in terms of like, 
uh, the idea of typecasting. And I remember like not wanting to get into that and everything and just watching how like she's done every, like everything. And she really just keeps uh, blazing her own trail and deciding what she's gonna, like, you know, so this like really flipped and decided that this is, this is the type of artist, the type of actor, director that I am. Like, mm-hmm. I, like you know, she took ownership over her career and uh, I'm just like, I'm, I'm always inspired by her. Super freaking excited to. <laughs> so your agents will get in contact with her, and then you guys will work on a project together, and we'll break the news, and we will take credit for all of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Would you rather? Would you rather super sensitive taste or super sensitive hearing? Oh, I thought you were gonna say nose. I can't do nose. <laughs> super sensitive taste. Hmm. That, right. that because, because, I mean, because it depends when you're saying hearing, does it mean, is it like a superpower where I can hear through walls? Yeah, or, or is it going to bother you? Yeah. You know, is it oh, like, okay, you could, con- let's say you could control it. I don't want to hear a dog whistle. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think it, it's kind of like you could control it if you had super hearing. Like you could, con- like, like Wolverine, I guess, you know. <laughs> no, I don't, I still think I would. I think I would stick with the taste only because I, you know, in meditation, we try to learn how to be in control of our, our own mind and not think about what other people have to like say, like how that affects us. And I think if I had the power to hear through walls or hear what people were thinking, mm. I, I don't know, it might distract me. It might pull me out of self, you know what I mean? Like out of, or oneness, pull me out of oneness and like into self and be like, oh, what do you talk about? Like, you know what? I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Taste is a good one because yeah. I am so like I've been watching a lot of Top Chef lately and just what they do with their palates and like what they could taste. Yeah. It's out of control. I'm like all I mean, I don't drink, but like when people like sommeliers and stuff, like I could taste hints of stone fruit and <laughs> and, and twigs. And I'm like, oh what the fuck? <laughs> Isn't know, it right? just grape juice? <laughs> But that's a good answer, though. Uh, uh, but wait, Amanda, what would you want? Super- I, would, I think I would do. I think I would do tasting too, because I. I mean, I, I like food, and I'm like, I would like to like taste like different types of foods and the different ingredients and stuff. I yeah, think that is a good one. Yeah, because you're a foodie too. Yeah, I just, I just think I just like food. Period. Yeah. Like, I, I, foodie, though, so I don't know why I picked taste. <laughs> <laughs> like deciding what I'm gonna eat today and all. That. I, I like it. Yeah. We talk about it, the hearing just bothered me. I was like, mm, that's not going to Yeah, hearing probably could get distracting. Yeah, because, because, I, because I wouldn't want something to keep me up at night. Like if I'm trying to sleep, I don't know. Mm. I, that's what I thought. No, you could, yeah, yeah, you that's true. You control it, but still. Yeah. Because taste, you control what goes into your mouth and what, what you, whereas hearing, it's like constant. Like, yeah, exactly. Like bark, 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 bark. Okay, um, our final question is, is there an underrepresented voice in the industry, whether it's an actor, writer, producer, creator, that is not in the mainstream or you think just deserves more recognition and shine? Oh man. If you have a lot, you could list them off or a couple or one. Sheesh, I don't even, I can't, my, my, my ring completely goes blank. Uh, I'm gonna be so upset because I feel like like when I get off, I'll be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, was there somebody that you've recently worked with that maybe a lot of people don't know about that is just a just yeah. dope work? I'm just gonna shout out um, Dominique Thorne who played you. Yes. 
and mm. in a black style. We actually went to the same youth company together, the NCC youth company. Um, I was a couple of years uh, out when she when she came in, but I remember going to see their show and just seeing her and going up to her and be like, "Are you, what are you going to school for? She wasn't going to school for acting. But I said, you know, whatever you want to do, but this acting thing, you you got it, you know, and um, and then to see, okay. to do this movie with her and she's going to be um, um, Iron, Ironheart, right? That's what it is. Oh, oh, Iron! Oh, yes, the Marvel, the Marvel thing. Yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I don't know. Yeah, is it? I, I don't. I, I know what you're talking. It's the Iron Man spinoff. I don't know. I think yeah, it's. It, well, it's like Riri, this is my... Williams or something. But she's yeah. got the big. She got the big part in this Marvel. Yeah, movie. yeah. Uh, so yeah. People, people are gonna know her soon enough if they don't know her now. But her, her acting abilities just um they transcend, and uh, they're beautiful. I mean, even like getting to watch her and Judas and watching it on the big screen because it they, the movie just opened in Jersey. So I watched it. And just even there's the moment where they're all in the crowns where they, where they got the, the green hats and they all trying to talk and trying to unite with the crowns. And then the, the guy comes close to Chairman with the gun and she just looks over. She looks up and down or she looks the Keith character up and down when they try to, when they kind of shout him out. And just even the looks that she gives, I was whole Love story. it. <laughs> Whole stories, so I just want to shout her out. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm like, the this is my nerd coming up, but like, yeah, Ironheart is about Riri, who is this girl who she liked Iron Man, so she developed her own technology to build her own suit, and she became Ironheart. And I am so excited for that series, and I love Dominique and you, Dominique, both Dominique squared. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Dominique, for coming on. Um, like I said, we've loved watching your career and seeing everything that you've done, and we can't wait to see what you have in store. Congrats on Judas and the Black Messiah. Yes, congrats yeah. on that. Congrats on your future project with, with Regina, Regina King, <laughs> which me and Amanda will executive produce. <laughs> and, just kind of, and just your career. And we, like Amanda said, we love seeing people just glow up. Like, I, yeah. I, I love it. I love just, especially people who deserve and who are talented. Exactly. So, and that's exactly. what we're here for in Hollywood. So thank you so much, Dominique. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.